best time to start the show. Outstanding from Jake Weatherall. He comes back for two. The 18th Big Bash 100, but the first in a final. Born and bred Romanian, Pavel Florin, the bodyguard. You look at him there. Always too square a jaw for TV as he's in. And the first ball is well flighted. the Centre Wicket Podcast on 91.3 Sport FM. Here's your host, Gray Lovery. Hello all, welcome back to the Centre Wicket Podcast. I'm Gray Loveridge. Back after a couple of weeks out, but I'm with my sidekick as always, Ethan Roth. Ethan, how are we, mate? Yeah, good, Bray. Good to have you uh, back in the studio uh, and over the phone with us. He's had a very, very big few weeks and even bigger season, you could say. Five games for the Perth Scorchers after debuting in January 2019. Two list day games, which were both within the last two weeks, and most recent one was uh, yesterday. Yesterday, uh, and he's the captain of Claremont Netherlands and scored over 1,200 runs for them this year. Uh, was named man of the match in their one-day final with a brilliant 105 of 152 deliveries. Nick Hobson, thanks for coming on, and uh, how are you after just touching down in Sydney? Yeah, thanks, Ethan. Brave having me. Um, yeah, just arrived in Sydney, and um, yeah, excited for the chat today. Yeah, obviously it wasn't the ideal result you were looking for yesterday, which we'll get to later, but um, to start off, we'll get to lo- know a little bit more about you. You went to Scotch College along with a few of your other WA teammates. Tell us about growing up there in Perth, uh, and yeah, your path went to Claremont Netherlands. Yes, like you said, um, year eight, I um, went to Scotch College um, with a few guys from the squad. I think from yesterday's game, there was actually four of us um, myself, Joel Paris, Matt Kelly, and Cam Green. Um, and we had a few other guys who have gone through um, high level cricket um, Tim David, who's now at Hobart, and uh, Cameron Steele. Um, one of my Claremont teammates who's playing professionally over in Durham. So we had, yeah, had a good little crew there. Um, and I guess um, Claremont Netherlands was my my junior club prior to, to going to Scotts. So, um, yeah, logical choice, I guess, after school to continue my cricket there. Um, and I guess, yeah, I think my f- in year 12 or as year 12 exams were happening, um, as a 17-year-old was kind of when I went down um, full-time to the to the senior program at Claremont, I've kind of kind of gone from there. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and you were a you were a rookie with Western Australia in 2015 after playing in the Futures League and being a part of the Under 19 Carnivals. Uh, what were the best experience of playing in those tour games against India and Afghanistan? Like also being a substitute for Australia in a Test match as well. Yeah, um, you guys have done your research, obviously. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I was a rookie, um, yeah, as a 20 or 21-year-old um, a few years later after leaving school. So, um, yeah, um, went through the under-19s pathway. Um, that was kind of the first uh, junior state rep team that I was involved with and really enjoyed that. And then it was probably a year or two after that I kind of got an opportunity um, with the rookie contract after playing um, a little bit of Futures League cricket the year before. Um, and I guess... 
yeah, from there, um, was lucky enough to, I think the year I was on a rookie contract, India came out um, for a one-day series and there weren't too many um, first-team players available. I think there was probably a Shield game on at the time. So, um, yeah, a lot of us youngsters got to play um, against, you know, the likes of Barak Kohli, MS Dhoni, Rohit Sharma, um, which is a little bit surreal. But, um, yeah, it was uh, definitely some fond memories to look back on for sure. Yeah, it would have been a great learning curve and uh, also that, that test match in 2015 against New Zealand. But uh, you really started to make a name for yourself from 2016-17 onwards, which uh, led to the Scorchers call-up. What was going through your mind when you did get the opportunity in BBL 08? And talk us through the step-up and those games later on where you opened the batting and top-scored with 43 against the Brisbane Heat. Yeah, um, I think you're right. It was probably more of a gradual um, progression for a few years and lead up to it. Um, I guess from I uh, had the rookie contract for one year, um, didn't do terribly well um, the year I had it, and then um, yeah, it was probably just kind of a build up after that, a couple of consistent seasons for Claremont, um, and then yeah, I mean I was getting slightly old. I think I was 23 or 24 when um, I got the call after the Scorchers. Um, yeah, I guess I was in the WAC Academy program at the time and. Um, kind of bouncing that with uh, I just started full-time work um, where I currently used to work at EY with Ernest and Young um, and yeah I actually remember getting the call um, from out of as well as I was at the desk at work saying I was um, I think it was on a Wednesday I remember quite clearly and then on the Friday was the first game I was involved in the squad against the Hobart Hurricanes so yeah it was a real thrill to um, get that opportunity and then um, through an injury or two here and there, was lucky enough to kind of go from being 12th man into getting a go um, shortly after. Um, I think was lucky enough to play the last five games of, of that season. Um, and like you said, I think my top score was against Brisbane, um, where we've just come from um, on this WA trip. Um, and yeah, it's just a, a real thrill. It is exactly, I guess, what it looks like on TV with the, the crowds and the atmosphere and the fast-paced game. It's a lot of fun for players, so... Yeah, some really fond memories from that season for sure. Yeah, and it must have been great to get a full contract in BBL 9. So it was straight after that. And so how did you manage and still manage cricket and work as being an accountant? And does the Big Bash sometimes get, uh, st- uh, sorry, is still in your mind for next summer? Yeah, well, I mean, the second question first, the Big Bash is definitely still um, something I'd love to be involved with in the future. Obviously, this year was... Um, quite limited the opportunities in Perth given the quality of the players who are available for Perth um, you know there was some really really good players um, still missing out on the bench for Perth but um, yeah I guess in terms of your first question for, for balancing things out um, I think uh, during that season or, or last season where I had a, um, a contract with the Scorchers uh, the Wacker were quite good about communicating early I guess where I, I stood and um, that enabled me to kind of um, drop a few work hours and I went to um, slightly reduced hours um, in the lead-up and during the cricket season. Um, so, yeah, I think during the tournament itself, I was um, planning on working maybe a day or two a week, but they were really good about that being flexible, pending selections, etc. Um, it didn't quite go to plan. I think the first game I was in the squad... Um, it was just the start of 2020, maybe the 3rd or 4th of January. I remember it was really early in January. And um, 
yeah, was 12th man for a game, and I knew that um, both Ash Agar and Ash Turner were heading overseas for a, some one-day fixtures um, with Australia, so there was a potential for an opportunity to open up there, um, but was fielding the warm-up for the game and was running after a catch and didn't see the boundary open. <laughs> um, went over my ankle and snapped straight through some ligaments and a syndesmosis, and that was kind of my big bash done, and um, yeah, it was disappointing, but I guess that's sport. Yeah, absolutely. And to this season in particular, what do you think has been the key to taking your game to a whole other level for Claremont? And it must have been special to win uh, the sixth one-day title in a row in an epic final against Fremantle. Yeah, um, yeah, it was really special to win um, that sixth one-day title against against Fremantle. I mean, the club's been such a big part of my life and um, I, I love playing for Claremont Ellens and um, the group we've got there, where there's a group of us who are extremely tight and are really proud of, of what we've achieved over the last few years. Um, I guess in terms of this year in particular with my game, um, it, it's a really hard one. I mean, cricket, unfortunately, and, and sport in many ways, it's not as simple as just doing one or two things differently. But I think um, as I've got slightly more experience, I've just try to actually keep my game a little bit simpler and... Um, kind of go back to the basics and um, don't panic as much I guess when you're a little bit younger and uh, and stuff like that so yeah it's literally been a matter of probably keeping things nice and simple staying on the park I've had a few niggles and injuries the last few years and and yeah just trying to bat um, as long as I can really yeah right um, it must make your job as skipper much easier when you've got out some outstanding domestic talent and even guys who have played some international cricket around you so how much do you enjoy captaining the boys? Yeah, I love it. Um, I absolutely love it. Um, yeah, like you said, we've got some um, really good players at the club, obviously. Um, probably more well-known players than Matt Kelly and Joel Paris, who are um, in the WA setup, and um, Joel having played one-day cricket for Australia. Um, and then also a young rookie, Brad Hope, um, as well. Um, and then our, our coach, who also plays as well, Jim Allenby, has played... Um, around 400 professional games of cricket, um, mostly over playing county cricket in the UK. Um, and then I guess there's a, probably another raft of players who are extremely um, top-end A-grade players, and Jake Whittaker, Dan Turkic, and Hayden Morton. So, um, yeah, really blessed to have um, a blend of really good players and also um, experienced cricketers around me. Yeah, it would help. Um, and to the start of the month where you made your one-day debut at the Wacker, you didn't have much to do with the bat coming out of the end, but uh, how long did it? Did you know before you were in and how nice was it to receive your cap and be involved in what was, what was a really good game and a, a good win? Yeah, it was. Um, I found out, um, I think the game was on Tuesday last week, so the, I found out actually on Sunday, um, uh, straight after the, the one-day final win, um, Joel came up to me because he was part of the game as well and just mentioned, have I, have I checked my phone? So, um, yeah, went over and um, had a missed call from, from Adam Voges and he um, gave me the good news that I was in the 13 and then the next day I found out I'd be in the final 11. So, yeah, it was, it was really special and to receive the cap um, from Joel um, as well was, was something I'll never forget. Um, yeah, I think me and Joel first played I think he was a 13-year-old. I was an 11-year-old down at Claremont. Um, so 
yeah, a, a long time coming, but it was it was a really special day and a, a great win as well to be part of. Yeah, and you're getting a pick. You're getting picked ahead of some guys who have full contracts. Does that surprise you, or does it just reflect on your form that you've been in across the summer? And even though you didn't get across the line yesterday, you must have been pleased to spend a lot of time out of the middle scoring 36. Yeah, oh, I mean, the selection one, it's a really tough one. I think it's, um, you know, I'm probably more of the opinion that it shouldn't really matter if you have a contract or not. You're just picking guys based on performance and a contract might help guys prepare um, to play the best they can. But, um, yeah, it was really nice to to get selected and like you said time out in the middle yesterday um, it's definitely give me a bit of confidence that you can um, contribute um, at the next level up it would have been nice to, to keep going with Sam Wyman there we had a bit of momentum but um, that's cricket and hopefully we can or I can continue to um, yeah, build on that confidence I got from yesterday yeah, and you've been batting in the middle order, which is you know not what you're used to. Would you like to bat uh, bat a bit higher, or have you liked um, a different role? And as the commentator said yesterday, guys like you have been in around the system for you know six, seven years. So has it been frustrating? It's taken that long to sort of break through. Oh, in terms of the batting order, it's a really tough one. I think it's quite common for a new player or a younger player to um, to bat in that middle order five, six role. I mean. Everyone wants to bat um, at the top of the order, particularly in one-day cricket. I think it's really sought after position. Um, yeah, I'd love to do it, but equally, um, I'm happy just to, to play and have a role in the team, really. Um, and, yeah, I guess being around the setup for a while, it's, <laughs> it's a tricky one. I mean, there's a lot of guys um, in the team. Even, I know it's been publicised that there's you know, a number of Australian players away, but even looking at the the squad that's been around the last few weeks, there's been a number of players who have played, you know, Test cricket like Green and Bancroft and Sean Marsh and guys who have been around Australia, right? like Sam Whiteman and Josh Inglis and um, yeah, Joel Paris as well. So there's just such strong depth in WA cricket. It's a it's a really hard one. Now. Yeah, there is a lot of depth, depth, but I suppose that gives a lot of options as well. But um, a loss like that, do you talk about and how do you go about reviewing it? Because you have to move on pretty fast, I'd imagine. And yeah, what would you say went wrong? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you you do um, discuss um, uh, and debrief the game. Um, I think it was just reviewed, I guess, briefly after um, the game in the chain rooms, and then guys will probably go away and go through their own um, individual process with some of that. But um, oh, I think we had a really good opportunity um, there about five or six for 150 and probably just let them get a few too many in the end and then credit to Queensland they bowled really really well um, at the top of our innings and made it really difficult for really difficult first 10 overs for our guys in that kind of um, yeah the last 10 overs of their innings and the first 10 of ours kind of um, really won them the game I think yeah and I think Michael Neeser took three crucial wickets so um, yeah as you said they, they bowled beautifully yeah they bowled really well and it was it was swinging and seeming at the start, and you can see um, why he's involved with the Australian setup. He's a quality bowler. Yeah, been around for many years, hasn't yet broken into the starting eleven. But what's it like over there off the field, and who are you finding to spend most of your time with over there? And what are the goals for the rest of the season with both WA and locally back over here? Yeah, no, it's good. I think the group, um, the group, going really well. Um, there's probably um, 
oh, I naturally spend most of the time with the guys I know best, which is probably Joel and Matt, um, and even probably some of the guys over the years have played a bit of second-team cricket with, like Jake Carter and Liam O'Connor, et cetera. But, um, yeah, I think that the vibe's great. The guys are um, professional enough to move on pretty quick from, from yesterday and just be excited about the games coming up and in particular game on Sunday here. So, um, yeah, that it's been really good in that way. Um, I guess um, the second part for the for the goals, it's <laughs> it's a hard one. I guess um, probably sit down at the end of the season and just view where things land. But um, I'm just trying to make the most of the current opportunity um, at the moment. And um, yeah, I think kind of the motto this year has just been trying to get as many runs as possible, and a lot of those kind of external goals and ambitions almost look after themselves once you once you just keep plugging away and keep trying to get as many runs as you can so um, I know it sounds cliche but it's kind of almost the focus at the moment yeah just take each each game and each day as, as it comes really yeah and of course that exactly. that next game against New South Wales on Sunday at North Sydney Oval so can't wait for that one but we'll move into the Q&A's right now and uh, I'm assuming a good friend of yours Alex, Alex Belevica has a message <laughs> saying why do you not open your wallet? <laughs> um, it is Alex Bevelacqua who was. Yep. Uh, I think. I think you guys might have had him on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, I think he was, our, he was our second <laughs> ever career guest. So going back a while now. He uh, he likes to tease me because I think um, <laughs> everyone pays him out about needing um, yeah and needing a crowbar to open up his wallet. But um, no, he uh, he's a good friend of mine, and I think that's pretty. Stiff Q and A to start from Bev. <laughs> from one uh, special guest to another, uh, Tim David wants to know why you run funny. Why I run funny? Um, that's a good. That's a good question. I did um, going through school have a nickname. Um, someone called me Turtle because they thought my running style was a bit like that. Um, yeah, I must admit it's probably not pleasant on the eye, but um, <laughs> just kind of shuffle around the place. So yeah, I actually don't know to be honest, Tim. Has that nickname sort of stuck? Not particularly, to be honest. Um, yeah, it hasn't, hasn't really stuck over the years, but um, it was probably even more appropriate when I was, uh, yeah, going through high school. Was uh, I'm definitely not blessed with speed, but I was, uh, I'm was i a little bit quicker than I was back then. <laughs> uh, next one, I think it's from Jim Moline, 82. Do you still borrow your dad's suits to go to work? That is, uh, yeah, that's the uh, club coach, Jim Allenby. Um, thanks, Jim. Um, nice job. Yeah, he, he, uh, the guys like to tease me that my fashion sense is like my old man. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I do wear a gas man shirt when I go to work. So, um, to answer Jim's question, yes, I do dress like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this one, last one from Leo Goldie. Uh, why is Claremont Netherlands the best club? Uh, oh, Good question. I, again, I wish it was a, a simple, straightforward answer, but I think um, a lot of us guys have kind of um, chipped away for a long period of time. And, and Jim Allenby, who's our coach, has I know created a really good environment where guys love getting better, um, love winning, and kind of love the the core group of guys we got. And you know, I think there was a kind of um, a period when we were uh, a little bit younger where we got to finals and couldn't quite get over the line. And then the last few years, we've probably just had a little bit more experience um, in some of those closer games, like the Fremantle one um, just being, which has probably been um, the difference 
having that finals experience for the guys um, to kind of close out games and that belief um, the guys have carried and hopefully we can, fingers crossed, carry um, and get another premiership in a few weeks' time. That'd be really nice. Yeah, absolutely. The direction of the club looks uh, very strong. So Yeah, lots of, lots of talent in there. But uh, that's all we've got time for today, Nick. Once again, just want to say uh, massive thanks for coming on and congratulations for the season and all those achievements uh, from the beginning of the summer all the way into the future. So best of luck for the first game thanks on Sunday. So much, back. No worries. Thanks so much, guys, for having me. Thanks, mate. Cheers for joining us. Cheers. Well, we've got one last Centre Wicket episode, Ethan, uh, before something big is on the way in the coming weeks. Yeah, we've been working on it for a couple of weeks now, so uh, hope you can join us next week and, um, yeah, can't wait for what's to come. Yep. A big guest, hopefully, uh, coming in next week to have a chat and then, yeah, big things coming uh, in the coming weeks. But uh, that's all we've got time for, Ethan. Thanks heaps coming on and we hope you can join us, but... Uh, for the next time but for now it's goodbye